0: If you're new here, by the way, uh, in the sanctuary, uh, we have welcoming cards around here. A seat in front of you and whatnot, please fill that out. You can go to our um, welcome table out front or over to um, our resource center uh, to my left as well. They'll fill you in on what's going on around here and help you get signed up and connected and all that. And then you can also look for people wearing these these days, the welcoming uh, orange. Uh, they have answers for all you folks that have questions. That being said, um, before we get into our study, last week um, I wanted everybody to uh, bring a one dollar bill, one of these things here, so please get that out before we get going into our study here, and I'm going to ask the ushers to go around here now, if you guys would come up here and collect those. Some of you are like, Lance has turned into a Pentecostal church, we've had two offerings, (laughs) and like, we didn't do offerings for three years, and he's making up for it, I know, so trust me, so... Do we have ushers? Come on up, boys. I'd like to get going on the teaching, right, as they're doing that. Just You can even pass your $1 bills down to the center aisles or the end aisles or whatnot. And... Um, here you go. Huh? I'm going to need this for next service? Thank you. My allowance for the day, I guess. It's it's just kind of limited stuff. So, if you're new here, welcome, by the way. Let's welcome anyone who's new here and maybe online as well. We are uh, starting the year off a little bit different. We're usually going through a book of the Bible, we're getting to uh, the book of Revelation. I'll start that next week, prayerfully, or the week after. We'll see how today goes. Um, But the last, last week and today we're talking about um, embracing God's vision for the church. I actually felt it was important before we get into like the future of the church that we understand our role right now, what the church is and what our role is right now as we are tarrying, right, as we're waiting for the Lord to return. Maranatha, anybody? Yeah. Maranatha, all right. If you're new here and you don't know what that word means, it means like, come on, Lord, now. (laughs) Come quickly, amen? We learned that the church is made up of saved individuals. The word ecclesia or ecclesia in the Greek means called out ones. Um, We have been called out of the world and we have been transformed, we have been born again, born of the Spirit. We have been adopted into the family of Christ. We are in Christ, out of the world now in Christ. And as such, we make up his body. Um, The church is built by him. How is it built by him? Every time he transforms a life, another member is born into the body of Christ. The church expands. The church is also built upon him. We talked about that as well. And we noted that he is the head of the church. Um, we, we read that in Ephesians chapter five, verse 22. "The fathers put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church." And then we began to talk about the primary purpose of the church. And um, the primary purpose of the church, we believe, is to proclaim the gospel uh, to non-believers and to advance the kingdom of God. In the latter part of our our study, we learned about our place and our role in the church. In order for us to embrace God's vision for the church or God's plan for the church, we need to understand what the church is. So we succinctly went through scripture and and understood what the church is. But then we also said, we, we need to understand our role or our place in the church. So as we did that, we realized that Nowhere is that better explained than in Ephesians chapter 4, Romans chapter 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul uses a metaphor, a picture, for the church, and he, and he uses the picture of a body. 1 Corinthians 12, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ, speaking about the body of Christ. In Ephesians 4... 15 through 16, um, uh, talking about the body whose head is Christ. The body is knit together by what every joint supplies. Every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And then when in Romans 12, we, we, we saw how Paul um, emphasized the function of the body. And there again, verse 4, talking about the many members making up the, bo- the body, but not... All of us have the same function, but we being many are one body, individually members of one another. And then he begins to talk about like our role or our place. And he does so by talking about charis, about the gifts that God has given us. Having then gifts. You are gifted. I am gifted with one or more gifts when we are born again. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. And we emphasize this. Let us use them. And we noted if it's prophecy, well, then use that gift. Uh, And and that in proportion to your faith. If it's ministry, let us use it in our ministering and and teaching. Get up there and and get busy. Get after it and begin to teach. If you have the gift of exhortation, be be using that gift. The person who has the gift of giving, do so liberally. And he goes on and on down through that list. And then in verse 10, he begins to talk about, like, our attitude as the body of Christ. Not only knowing what the church is, but our place in the church, our role in the church, but having the right attitude. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. And then be kindly affectionate to one another. Do that with brotherly love In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. And then here it is serving the Lord. And again, as members of the church, the body of Christ, we see that the head of the church saved us, gifted us, divinely placed us in the body of Christ with service in mind. He saved us with service in mind. He he gifted us with service in mind. And he placed us within the body with service in mind. 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8, Peter says, but the end of all things is at hand. And the idea is, as we're living our lives on this earth with the mindset like Jesus could come back at any time, be serious and watchful in your prayers. That means be alert. It's the opposite of of being deadened or apathetic towards the things of God. And, And... Above all these things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Sounds just like Paul. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And as each has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so when we begin to look at our role in the church, our place in the church ...to embrace God's vision for the church. we got to know what the church is. we got to know, again, what our place is. We, we're like, wow, there's, there's responsibility that he's entrusted to us... ...to reach those that are on the outside. But there's also responsibility entrusted to us... ...to minister to one another that make up the church... Just as Paul had said in Romans 12, 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, you, me, we must do our share. Romans 12, 11, we, we, we will not be lagging, Paul says, in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Later on, Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, writing to the church, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required that stewards, in stewards, that, that they be faithful. As servants of Christ that make up the church, every single one of us, have been given by God time, talent, and treasure. And God has given us that because he needs, he's like, you need this in order to be effective. You need this in order to effectively serve me as servants that make up the body of Christ. We need to be humble. We need to be available. And we need to be faithful. And that's what I want to, I want to hone in on this morning. So turn with me, if you will, over to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25. Matthew, chapter 25. Jesus is with his disciples. He's on the Mount of Olives. Beginning in chapter 24, they are asking him about the end of the age and they're asking him about his return. In chapter 24, you might summarize that chapter by saying he he began to talk about some some signs that would indicate that the end of the age is near. Then in chapter 25, he begins to focus a little bit more on these three parables. And all of the parables, well, the the first two parables... ...really have to do with being being ready. I understand he could come at any moment... ...and then he gives two parables. One of a couple of servants... ...and then the the ten virgins. And in both of those parables... ...the idea was like, okay, we're talking about the end of the age. He's giving instruction to people who are living at the end of the age. It's really important that you're living your life... ...as if I could come at any moment at the end of the age... And then he moves into this third parable, which is the parable of the talents, and he's basically focusing on this. Be faithful with what I've given you, you who believe you're living at the end of the age. And that's where he's going. It's the parable of the talents beginning in verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went away on a journey. We know that the man or the, the, the master here represents what we've been studying as the head of the church, it represents Jesus. His going away on a journey represents the time between his first coming and his second coming. The talents represent various resources that God has given us. We might look at them as the time, the talent, the treasure, spiritual gifts. Most commentators, as they break this down, they focus on the resource of money. A talent, if you really took what he was referring to in this particular parable. It was like everything you would ever need in order to be faithful in serving him. Actually, a talent, if it was one talent, it would be worth about $400,000 in today's currency. Two talents would be $800,000. The five would be worth about $2 million. Also, we note that each servant was given talents according to his own ability. So God looks at us. He knows our capacity. He knows our personalities. He knows our ability. He knows our health. He knows our age. He knows the span of our time. He knows the number of heartbeats we've had, how many we have left. God knows all of that. And at the moment of our conversion, God looks at us. This is the, through the sovereign lens now. God looks at us and he's like, This is Lance's ability. This is what I'm going to give him regarding time and talent and treasure. And when you look at your life that has been redeemed, you're now a Christian, and you look at your life, that's how God looks at it. You might look at your time and your talent and your treasure, your resources, as those are are mine. (laughs) I I, I dictate what I do with my time. I dictate what I do with all, all of my, my finances, all of my, my talents, my, my giftings. That's, it's my life, and I, 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 I do what I please with my life. And in the providence of God, in the, the sovereignty of God, as God has designed this relationship, he's given us free will. He allows us, he permits us to live our life, if you will, as we so choose. Praise God for his Holy Spirit that indwells us, that convicts us, and directs us, and guides us. Amen? Amen. But we have to yield to the Holy Spirit. We have to yield to, you know, the word of God. I was driving here this morning, and I was going over scriptures that i have been reading. And I thought, I can't go a week without having my life lined up by God, by allowing his Holy Spirit to speak to me through his word. I can't do that. I would have so much to say in the matter of my life. I do really good on my own. I just do. Do, As far as like, I, I can really mess up my life really well on my own. Anybody want to be honest enough and go, yeah, yeah, that's me too. I love that honesty. But there's just something about I come into a place like this, and I don't even know exactly what I need to hear, but God does. Because God's preparing me not only for my today, He's preparing me for my tomorrow. He's not only preparing me for me, He's preparing me for Lori. To do something in and through my life to the benefit of Lori, for my girls, my grandkids, for you guys. There's just so much more when when God saved me, there's just so much more that He had in mind. And oftentimes we don't back up enough and look at that. And what he's given us, he's entrusted that to us. And all he's asking us to do is know him, know his word, walk with him, be faithful to him. And that's how the body functions. The body functions when faithful members are fully embracing his vision for them. That's how the body functions. And so we look at this and we're like, oh, okay, I, I get this. He, he, I'm one of those servants. I've been entrusted with talents. Time, treasure. And, and, and time, talent, and treasure. All these amazing resources. And, and he's done that based on my ability. He knows my frame. He knows me better than I know myself. The talents represent not only time, talent, and treasure, but it represents opportunity, availability. If five talents were given to a person with minimal ability, he would become weighed down by that. He would be possibly destroyed by that heavy responsibility. But if only one talent were given to a man with great ability, he'd be frustrated. He would be left with just a challenge. I feel like I've got to do more. God knows exactly what we need. God assigns work and opportunity according to how he sees Our ability. That's important. Verse 16. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled the accounts with them, and so, in between verses 18 and 19, at the end of verse 18, we we we, we from the time he came and is the incarnation, we move forward. We're in that period right now. He is yet to come back, the second coming. In verse 19, we're living in that period between 18 and 19. We have been assigned our ministries according. To our ability, by the head of the church, who has saved us and gifted us and divinely placed each and every one of us, First Corinthians twelve eighteen. It is our privilege. When you go through, when you go through First Corinthians twelve, and you, you you begin to look about at, at, at giftings by each measure that. God has given us it's the word it's it talks about grace charis God has graced us with this privilege of being saved God has graced us with this privilege of being gifted by him God has graced us with this privilege of being divinely placed in the body of Christ all of that with an amazing purpose in mind a plan in mind for you and me that make up the body of Christ Every joint supplying what God designed in Romans chapter 12. It's our privilege to be that. And it's our, it's our privilege to receive all of that. And then it's our privilege to, excuse me, be all of that. To invest and serve the Lord in advancing his church. And, 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 and being used in this this amazing thing that multiplies and grows. Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Ah, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 22, He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Again, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. How many of us want to hear that one day? I think every funeral I've ever done for a Christian, they quote this scripture. I just know they've heard that now. And I'm not saying they haven't. I pray that they have, and I pray that I do. And what's that going to be like? When I come to the realization, you saved me. You gifted me. You gave me the time, the talent, and the treasure. It's all you. All he recognized is our faithfulness. That just means a lot to him. That we would just be faithful to him. And and he, he recognizes that and he rewards that faithfulness. But in verse 24, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, repaying or reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said, You wicked and lazy servant, you, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But for him who does not have even what he has will be taken away. And cast that unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We'll come back to that in a minute. It is more than obvious that the master gave talents expecting them to be invested. The two servants that did something with their talents were recognized by the master initially. When he returned and he identified them as good And faithful servants the two faithful servants what did they do they 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 took their talents and they put them to work for the Lord for their master the servant that received the five talents he he pictures the believer who was eager eager to get after it he knew what the master he knew his master he knew what his master expected from him he knew that his master expected him to invest. And he invested. He took full advantage of who he was in that relationship. He took full advantage of everything the master expected him to be. I'm your master. You're my servant. And he took full advantage of every resource that the master had given him. He was a faithful steward. He produced fruit for his master. There was a return from his in endeavors. The same was, was true of the servant that received the two talents. Although he was given less than half as much to work with, he performed just as faithfully and just as industriously as the first. Like the first servant, he doubled his master's money. Both of these men demonstrate supreme commitment and loyalty and faithfulness to their master, making the most of the time and the talent and the treasure that he gave them. They maximized the opportunity that their master gave them to where he was impressed with their faithfulness. Commends the first servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. The master not only raised the servant by saying that, but he rewarded him. You're faithful with a few things. I'm going to make you in charge of many things. And we're going to talk a whole lot about this when we get to the book of Re- Re- uh, Revelation there. But, you know, you can you apply this to your life right now. You can apply it to eternity. One day I'm going to stand before the Lord and hear these words if I've been faithful. And, and then what we're going to be and what we're going to be entrusted with in eternity. This absolutely is what Jesus is teaching is going to be. Determined by how faithful we were down here as his servants with that indeed of what he's entrusted to us. And that's sobering because eternity is a long, 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 long time. Amen? We want to get this right. The second servant gave the same report as the first. He doubled his two talents instead of the five. And his master said the same thing to him. You've been faithful. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Why do I think that's important to consider again? Because sometimes we, we as the body of Christ, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about sometimes the members see themselves as less important if they're not doing something that they would view or what even the others might view as something big and wow and he's like well you know if if the toe that's not seen should be like hey I want to be the nose that is seen hold on hold on hold on man where would be the balance in our foot hey eh, man we, we could smell a lot better but we couldn't walk very well and we can go through that metaphor and, and laugh through each one of those examples But the point being is sometimes people allow the enemy to convince them they are not significant. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you are significant in his eyes. And within the body of Christ, that's what... Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He's talking to the church using the metaphor of a body. And part of that is that we would see each other as equally significant because God does. Every single one of us, God looks at and entrusts us with time, talent, and treasure. He gives us that with our ability in mind. And he's, cho- he's saved you with that in mind. And in order to embrace his vision for the church people, you need to embrace that wholeheartedly. Who am I in the body of Christ? And be content with that. I remember one time I, I was around a very popular speaker and we were at a conference and one of my friends was there and, and you know, he, he talks. I know his, his, his inflections. I know how the pitch of his voice. I know... You know, he's just a normal guy, the way he talks. And every time he teaches, he's a normal guy. But this one very popular guy got up before him, and he has a very distinct way of speaking and preaching and the way he talked and everything. And we were all young. And so when he was done, they announced my friend. My friend got up there, and all of a sudden, he was like the first guy, using his same you know mannerisms. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Be content with who you are be content. God knows our our abilities. God knows our limitations as well. And he gifts us with with all of that in mind. God will never ask you to do anything without giving you the grace to do it. He's not going to ask you to do something and not give you the, the gifting to do that. Have you guys ever remember in I got to get moving here, but these things come to me, and I think it's important to drive the point home. You remember those high school, um, what are those things called? Tommy, the, uh, the, where everybody gets together. Assemblies, that's the word. I'm a high school guy. You ever remember the one person that got up there to sing the national anthem or something, and you're like, no, get them down? Right? Don't you cringe for them? Some of you are like, yeah, I cringe for you every week, Lance, but don't you cringe for them? I do. But sometimes afterwards, everybody's like, oh, that was so wonderful. You did such a great job. I can't believe they even tried that, you know. And sometimes people get that in their own head. Don't pursue what you want to be in the body of Christ. Pursue Jesus. Just pursue him. Pursue him. Keep pursuing him. He'll help you understand who you are. And he'll gift you accordingly. I remember when I started ministering on Sunday mornings, there were some really, really smart guys that came over from Talbot, and they, they just they wanted to interview me. And I thought, okay, I didn't even know what Talbot was. But they got there, and they're using really big words that I'd look up and everything. It's like, and they began to ask me, "What makes you think you're a pastor? What makes you think that?" I didn't do that by the way. I didn't laugh. I'm like, yeah, I got the same question right now. <laughs> but what makes you? Th- How did you know? One young one guy said, "How did you know that you were called to be a teacher?" And I said. I, I don't I'm still trying to figure it out. I just know that God was surrounding me with a bunch of people that had questions. And, 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 and he gave me a heart to want to research his word and get them the answers, and they just keep coming back. I don't know where this is going. But you know, you've heard me say this, church. You can't steer a parked car. You, 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 if you don't know what your gift is, you're born again, know you're gifted. And know that God has given you everything to fulfill that. And just get after anything. Serve people. Do, do whatever you can. Be, be on the move for the Lord. It is very, very important. Would you agree with me that Satan has upped his game? <laughs> Woo! That's the best response I've had in like five years. Wow, that was, I think that was unanimous. I think even the non-believers here were like, "Heck yeah!" <laughs> he has. Do you think his recruitment is up? Enlistment all-time high. Yeah. What about the church? If the head of the church, do you think he sees this as well? What do you think he would want to do in response to that? He, he'd want to. He would want to equip his. His church. He'd want to make sure they understand the battle more than ever. What they're up against. Know their enemy. You've got to know your enemy, man. You really do. And, and he would, he would want to empower them with all of the resources, hear me, to function and fight as he's designed his body, the head of the body, to function and fight. But he won't force one member to do it. He invites us. He invites us. So next week, if I don't start the book of Revelation, this is where I'm going. I'm just ahead of my thoughts. Sorry, I've already prepared some of this. But I really want to talk about the the woke agenda and, and, and some of that stuff that is pressing in on your world. And we want to go with that. Okay, we're good. All right. So... Five minutes. No? Now? All right. (laughs) I want to wait five minutes for the rapture to come. They're like, no, he's coming now. All right. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go through this exercise. Um, I'm going to finish this study next week, if that's okay with you. Uh, We have... um, What I've done is I've... uh, We've received an offering. And um, they're going to come and bring that offering in. And I... uh, I have ordered some food. Not for you, for me. And um, the Uber driver has no idea what's going on. But they're going to come and come on up here and bring up the Uber food to me right now. But I want you to think through what we've been learning. Because I believe that I believe that a lot of us believe this stuff. We've learned this stuff. But we don't get to see how God uses the body in, in a... In a very collective way in order to be a blessing to others. Hello, what is your name? My name is Christine. Hi, Christine. I'm, I'm Lance Cook. How nice are you? To me too. Do you live around here? I actually don't. I live in Temecula. You live in Temecula? Well, you came very far to bring I'm, me some food, I didn't you? I work here. I work at yeah. yeah, yeah, you got yeah, yeah. Shaking. I'm a little so, nervous. Uh, here. I, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is probably a very, very interesting it is. Uh, drop. I'm curious. Yes, yes. Uh, what was your name again? I'm sorry. I'm Christine. 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 So, Christine, uh, we have here, uh, we have two services. This service here is our first service. Say hi to Christine, everybody. And, and we have, the last, last week, we're, we're a Bible teaching church. And um, I felt it was important that the church understands who they are as the body of Christ. Like, what, what did Jesus birth as the church? And He's supposed to def- define what that is. And so, part of that is we're a body. We're all different members that make up the body of Christ. And, um, and we are to, to work together. And like any organization, any family, there are those that faithfully serve in their family and, and like, yeah, I got it. And they, they do their part. You make me cry. I know. I <laughs> cried thinking about this too. But then in the, in the family, there are those that, that don't. They, they miss out on, on participating in that. And so uh, the Lord put something on my heart. I was talking to the pastor who did something similar to this. And um, we all collected. I just said, just bring a dollar today. And I want them to see what it's like for us to together, work together as one body and bless someone. And so we've been praying for you. you. We've been praying for you. And it's not about the money. It's not about, about that. We just, we just wanted to see what it was like if we prayed for someone. And they walked in here, and we just said, hey, here's a little bit of a tip. It's like $271 tip. There you go. That's yours. We just, oh. we just wanted to say that we loved you. <laughs> now. I love you guys, too. Uh, my tips go to my daughter who was in nursing school. Yeah, Amen. So we've got some difficulties with her nursing school. She's an accelerated program. So um, right now, this is really important for her because she just left her job so that she can focus more on her schooling. So I promised her that I was going to be able to door dash on the side. This is a secondary job for me. Um, and I was going to give her all of my tips. Yeah. So. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much. So, I just can't believe this. I'm just I'm so shocked. And I'm also, I'm a believer. I attend Calvary Marietta. Yeah. Oh, Praise the I Lord. Thank you, thank you so much. And I can't wait to share with everybody also, you know, what you guys did. You, t- you so tell Brian Bell I said hello. <laughs> and he owes you. you pastor. Me. Oh, okay. I was like, we said it." That's why I have earphones in ear. <laughs> So, Christine, we, we just want to pray with you. Can we pray with you? Absolutely. Okay. Lord, thank you for Christine and this divine appointment. And just to be used as an illustration, it takes courage to walk up here. But thank you. Thank you. And Lord, bless her daughter in nursing school and whatever challenges she's facing. Work through that, Lord. And may, may Christine just say, wow, this was the day that God just, he chose me. These people were praying for me. And he, he led me here. And we who just gave a little bit, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to bless her. May you go before her. We're so glad she's family And that we're able to build up our family and encourage our family. Bless her, Lord. Continue to use her. Keep her safe on the roads out there as well. May she just know we love her. Calvary La Habra loves Christine. And we're going to keep praying for her. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. All right. Thank you. And thank you for my, um, yes. I think it's a muffin and a coffee. A muffin? They didn't get me anything cooked. I can't believe that. (laughs) Right. Next time. Next time. Thank you, Christine. Let's welcome, or let's thank Christine for coming. Thank you. God bless you. All stand. <laughs> Next week, we got to finish it. So, <clears throat> don't forget that moment. There are people who are like, should have brought a dollar. (laughs) There are a lot of Christians that brag about what their church does without participating in that. There are. Don't be that. Don't be that Christian. As we look at what is coming our way, the kingdom, a king, be faithful. Amen? Amen? And then, as we tarry, as we tarry, we need each other. We do. For you that are, um, you got kids in the public school system or grandkids in the public school system or great-grandkids in the public school system and you're, you're unnerved about the indoctrination, not the education. As a church... We have a table out back. We just want you to go to the table and say, hey, I need help. And um, we're just going to take down your information and we'll get back with you on some things we as a church feel the Lord is leading us to do with our homeschool school and all that to help these families. You have my word this year. We're going to get into some serious equipping. But I want to talk to you as if you are faithful, as if you're coming to be equipped. And I, I don't know what God has in mind with you or for you, but you, you, you see what, what happens when just a handful of people, 271 people in a room filled with a, a lot more than that, came together and just said, yeah, I'll invest in something I don't even know about. What kind of faith does that take? For a dollar, next week bring a $100 bill. Let's go for it. So you like, I don't know, man. I, I know what you're doing here, dude. I'm definitely not coming to week, week three, you know. And I want you to think through this. You just advanced the kingdom in a very unique way. Oh, it didn't grow. She was already saved. You think she's going to share that experience with anybody? You think that's going to encourage her daughter? Yeah. Why would you not, why would I not want a front row seat at watching God work? If you've been sitting on your hands, get them up in the air and say, Lord, use them. Lord, use my time, my talent, my treasure. Amen? Lord, thank you for an awesome opportunity just to be the body of Christ. These things we're learning, man, they're so deep. They're so important. Lord, all these opportunities to be used, all these opportunities to be equipped, and Lord, even the opportunities to serve here as Calvary La Habra, we just trust you. We completely trust you. You're such a good God. Thank you for the work you're doing in our midst. We love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day.